0: TSA.
1: And the time has come once again for the Jack Riccardi show. And here's Jack Riccardi. Hmm.
2: Less drama today, more sense of resignation, I'm getting. That's right. You the time it up. has come once again. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Christian. Well, uh, obviously, the breaking news of the afternoon uh, is this uh, Washington Post uh, leaked story. And, and I got to say, I, you, and you've heard me say this before. The Washington, leaking to the Washington Post for this administration is like pinning something on the bulletin board, okay? So the Washington Post has a story uh, that that they say was leaked to it uh, by sources. We don't know, the, the Department of Justice, the FBI, the U.S. Attorney in Delaware, that there is um, now enough evidence, or that at least the federal uh, investigators believe, that there is enough evidence to charge Hunter Biden... In two areas of the law, tax crimes, and remember he lied on his uh, pistol permit application. And we've talked about this stuff before, and uh, you've heard me say, and I'm going to continue to say it, that I don't think uh, Hunter Biden is going to get the same kind of justice that you would get or I would get if we had done the things he had done. But today, at this moment, this story has taken a step Forward. So here's the story, according to the leak, and, and assuming it's accurate, uh, the the investigation which began in Hunter Biden before Joe Biden was president. This began in 2018, I think. They're saying they now believe they have enough to charge him with the tax crimes and the false statement on the gun permit. And um, over time, they say they believe they have added other potential charges that would make up a viable criminal case against Hunter Biden. But, of course, these investigators don't get to make that decision. That decision will be made either by a grand jury and or by the Attorney General and Deputy Attorney General of the United States. Um, So you do have to kind of wonder, right, like, what's really going on here? I mean I don't think I don't think most of us would doubt that Hunter Biden has been up to some shady stuff. He's not just skanky. Uh there's there's smoke, there's probably fire. Um but what's going on here? I mean, he's the son of the president. Well, let me throw a few ideas at you. Uh is it possible that Hunter Biden has become a liability to Joe Biden? And this is really cold, but what if they've decided, look, we've got to We've got to lance this boil. Uh, people have got to see uh, that, uh, you know, he's he's going down. And Joe Biden will get to go on television and chew his lower lip and go, I, I hate this, but, you know, I'm not above the law. Maybe they think that will play well. you got to remember, they're in desperate straits, not only with a month to go before the midterms, but just with the remainder of Joe Biden's presidency. I mean, His party doesn't want him to run again. He wants to run again. We've not been in this place, uh, in a long, long time with just that dynamic. Are they throwing him to the wolves? Are they saying it's time to, it's time for him to pay a bunch of fines and maybe do a little, uh, you know, club fed time? Then we'll be able to say, look how accountable we are. And we're different. The the Trump people, they never, none of them ever went, went to the big house, but we put Hunter in the big house. So maybe that's one thing that's happening. Then another possibility as my mind kind of wanders around this story is, um, is this the Democratic party kind of, you know, cutting Joe Biden's throat? I mean, is this the way that they, uh, begin the process of transitioning away from him? And again, as I just cited, the rank and file Democrats don't want him to run anymore. I don't know how the, the, the powers that be in the Democratic Party feel about it, but the rank and file Democrats, every survey I've seen, we want someone else in 2024. And he's killing us in 2022. And then there's a third possibility. And there's, I mean, there's more than these three, but I'm just going to throw these three out. The, the, the third possibility here, for whatever it's worth, uh, so the first possibility is that Biden and, and Merrick Garland and Lisa Monaco and everybody in this administration has agreed that, that Hunter is a liability and Hunter is a price worth paying. Okay. Second possibility is, uh, you know, Joe Biden's not going to be our nominee in 2024. We don't really care, um, what happens to him. But here's the third possibility. And this is actually the one that I'm kind of leaning toward right now. I'm thinking that they're thinking that this doesn't move the needle with voters. We've talked a lot lately about how when people have made up their mind on the issue or issues that matter most to them. I mean, look at this guy Fetterman running away with the Senate race in Pennsylvania. I mean, can can anybody be looking at him and saying he's definitely the better man? They're just voting for him because that's the, th- those are the issues. He's with them on the issues. I mean, he's a mess. And I'm talking about without the stroke, he's a mess. But he's going to vote our way. He's, he's a vote for our stuff. And, and Republicans do it too. You know, you can be a hundred years old. You can be corrupt. You can be weird. Yeah, but he's a vote for our stuff. So maybe they're thinking there's no real risk if Hunter goes down because the public will understand, and if they're with the Democrats, they'll stay with the Democrats. And if they're not, then we don't we don't care what they think anyway. Uh, the, the timing of this is weird. But speaking of timing, so we're going to talk about it. Speaking of timing, though, Today it was announced that uh, the president will pardon all federal marijuana offenses. So these are simple possession of marijuana federal offenses like those in the District of Columbia. He is urging governors to pardon state marijuana offenses, but he can't make them. So this is something that Team Biden talked about and noodled with in 2019 and 2020. And he had to say stuff like this when he was running against a bunch of much younger, uh, you know, rivals. I don't know where his head is really at. If you look at his Senate record, he doesn't seem likely to be a guy that would want to end the war on crime. He seems like he'd be a big cheerleader for the, I mean, the war on drugs. He seems like he'd be a a real big war on drugs guy. But let's just look at the timing. I think there's going to be something like this every day between now and Election Day. Something that is overtly... Trying to buy the loyalty, buy the affection, buy the attention of younger voters. Hey, you know, the man is getting off your back. By the way, I'm not, I'm not against doing this. Cause I don't think the federal government should be criminalizing marijuana. But, but, but besides that, it, the timing of this, this is, he could have done this anytime. He could have done this on day one. Remember how everything he was going to do, he was going to do on day, on day one. I will, on day one, he could have done this on day one. They're doing it now because they're looking for anything and everything that they can throw at this, this slow motion train wreck that they're headed for. And so we're going to get the uh, the pardon on. And, and I mean, you got to know, this is like hand in glove with the uh, we'll forgive your student loan debt. You know, I'm your friend. This is, this, is the, 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 this is the guy you've been waiting for. Obama didn't do it. Clinton didn't do it. I'm the guy. I'm going to do it. So we got that. We got the Hunter thing. And then they announced today. Now, you, we talked yesterday about the OPEC uh, deal. OPEC making a, a massive cut in oil output. And this ruins their attempt at staving off they don't want people to figure out anytime soon that what they've done to domestic fossil fuel production is going to be incredibly painful and disruptive to our country so they were trying to make up the difference with with OPEC oil and OPEC said no so i told you this a while back there's going to be they're going to they're going to do something but they're not going to do it with texas oil or shale oil in pennsylvania They've gone to Venezuela. Now they want the deal that he tried to make with the sheikh in Saudi Arabia, now they're going to try to make it with Maduro. Here's the story. The Biden administration is preparing to scale down sanctions on the Maduro regime in Venezuela to allow Chevron to resume pumping oil there. In exchange for significant sanctions relief, the government... Uh, Venezuelan President Maduro would resume long-suspended talks with the opposition, blah, 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 free and fair elections in 2024, yeah, right. And there would be more oil production. So now, our good-faith friend in need isn't Saudi Arabia, home of the 9-11 terrorists. Now it's Venezuela, a socialist, tyrant regime that took a prosperous democracy into a total socialist economic disaster. It's like he will get oil from anybody but his own fellow Americans. Oil is good unless it's produced here. And and how can any oil be good if you've got Secretary Pete out there, and I forget her name, the Energy Secretary Granholm, out there saying, uh, fossil fuel's over. Go green. We don't care what it takes. We don't care how hard it is. We don't care that you don't have the money for it. We don't care that there isn't enough, there aren't enough EVs. Just just go green. That's the That's our policy. Our policy is you need to change everything. So they're doing that, but then out of the other corner of their mouth, they're going around looking for oil. So, those are some of the things that are happening today. And it's all that all of these things you have to see them through the prism or the, the framework of where we are in the calendar. It's October 6th. And these are all things that tie back to and relate to the, the mathematics of what's going to happen in about a month. So we got a lot of stuff happening today and uh, we're going to go right to your phone calls on it at 210-599-5555. But I do want to update you on something that, uh, has been a very big part of our show for many, many years. And I can't tell you a lot. I can't say a lot, but I can, I'm going to tell you what I can tell you. Um, as you know, every year we work with Family Service Association on Wrapping with Jack. We've been doing this since 1999. It's a great family charity that helps uh, provide christmas to families that are struggling and have had a bad year Um and every year every year we've done this you come through with so much generosity and it allows hundreds of families and thousands of people to have a gift to unwrap with their name on it on christmas day so they don't feel forgotten they don't feel like you know it it, it passed them by and what i can tell you about rapping with jack this year is that we will return for the first time since 2019 to a big rap event and broadcast at the end of our Rapping with Jack campaign. I cannot tell you any more right now. Don't ask. <laughs> but I, I, I just, we will be back to the big broadcast, the Christmas concert with Ken Slavin, uh, an event you can attend. We're very excited about it. We're still putting it together. But the big rap uh, broadcast and event for Rappin' with Jack will be back this December with more details to come. And you can also follow all the details on the Rappin' with Jack Facebook page. All right, 210-599-5555. Mike is calling in about uh, Hunter Biden. The Washington Post says uh, the Fed's investigating him, think there is enough to bring a case. Uh, What does that sound like to you, Mike?
0: Yeah, I think I think they eventually are gonna but my comment to you, Jack, thanks for taking my call. Uh originally I mean you thought option your option three was probably the most valid uh reason what they're gonna may basically kinda throw him to the wolves or whatever and it wouldn't really matter for upcoming of the election. But I've heard a lot of you say uh if that story would have been published prior to the uh election the 2020 election uh mm-hmm. Joe probably would have lost so what's mm-hmm. the i mean what's the difference now uh mm-hmm. if they publicize it now it's not going to matter but 2020 it would have cost Joe the presidency what's the difference in the in Well the two? there's two things that
2: could be different there's two things that could be different one one thing that could be different is what if he's not running again Yeah okay and the other thing that could be different Uh, is that um, maybe he is running again, but maybe their calculation is that now that people know how ridiculous and reckless and corrupt Hunter Biden is, uh, it's better to, uh, you know, pop the pimple, you'll pardon that expression, than than leave it there.
3: Uh,
2: So in 2020, they were just trying to, you know, slide past the finish line and and get, get across the finish line and make it about Trump. But in 2024, we don't even know if Joe Biden will be a candidate.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it's not it? And I don't know. And and by the way, you're right to say
2: that a lot of people have said, oh, it would have changed the outcome of the election. They say that because there's polling that that suggests that. I personally don't know if I I'm not sure I believe that. I'm not sure that that was. Yeah. That it was that simple or that it was that close. So don't don't hang that on me, but you're right that there are a lot of people saying yeah. that and have said that, and there are polls that seem to suggest, and it's it's where they go and they ask Democratic voters, hey, if you had known the stuff we now know, would you have voted for Joe Biden? And and according to these pollsters, those people who were Biden voters say no, I I wouldn't have or I might not have. Kinda it's kinda, you know, to me that's all kind of tentative. Like you now say you wouldn't have done that thing you did what's the value of that you know like, what is so what is that supposed to mean to me because you can't take it back you know once you cast a vote you can say anything you want about it oh i wouldn't have done it oh i wish i hadn't done it but but you did do it 210 599 5555 um if if they want to protect hunter biden if the democratic party intends to Run, you know, uh, you know, Jose Biden for another for another four years. Then they're gonna they're gonna protect him. If not, then I guess Hunter is you know fair game. I mean, who who else needs him? Nobody else needs him. Nobody else is interested in protecting him. And who knows? Maybe even Daddy isn't interested anymore. Maybe Daddy's like, well, you know, I could probably make some hay off going around the country saying, "Look, I'm such an honest guy. I let this happen to my kid." So don't, don't let the, the, the far left or the far right make up your mind for you on this. You know, kind of keep, I would just keep an open mind. There's a lot of moving parts to this. There's a lot of pieces to this. Even if the, you know, his attorney came out with a statement saying, how dare federal agents talk in public this way? They should never, it's a federal, it's a felony for them to reveal this stuff. It's not up to them. They can say we think we have enough for a case. It's not up to them. Of course, it was up to them when it came to, uh, when it came to, uh, uh, Trump, but ordinarily it is not up to them. And you'll hear a lot of legal experts in the coming days walk you through and they can do it better than I can. Uh, this has to be signed off by, uh, a deputy attorney general or really the attorney general. Um, There may or may not be a bill from the grand jury. We know there was a Hunter Biden grand jury. We know that they wrapped up their work sometime this year. Um, By the way, they wrapped up their work sometime this year, but today we get the leak. You know, it's like, uh, what's going on here? So there's a lot of ways this could go. Uh, Is Hunter Biden going to be federally charged? Uh, Is the son of the president really going to get his day in court? Uh, is he going to have to face the music? All that stuff that was on the laptop, all that braggadocia about drugs and hookers and the man. Why would that be suddenly? Why would he suddenly be in jeopardy? I mean, conventional wisdom says he's the most protected, you know, he's the most protected guy in the country. So something, is, something else is going on here, I think. And then we're talking about the uh, pot pardon uh with a month to go before the midterms, uh all of a sudden President Biden is ready to pardon all federal marijuana offenses if it's just simple possession. He did say he wanted to do this before he was elected. So they will say, Oh no, no, we've always meant to do this. We had always intended to do it. It's it's not a midterm thing, but it's you know, you could have done it. You I think they have a bunch of things like this that they've saved up for uh, you know, in, in in case of emergency. Well, they're having the emergency with these uh, numbers ahead of the midterm. And then we're talking about uh, OPEC as well. 210-599-5555. Mike is on the radio. Mike, good afternoon. Okay, we don't have Mike. Let me move on here to uh, Steve on 550 KTSA. Steve, good afternoon.
4: Jack, good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. The The Hunter Biden thing... Is something that I've actually thought about this for a long time. He's very, very much a liability and has been for a long time. Mm. And everybody could remember the Democrats are the party of Kiliari Rotten Kilton. Okay? Hunter (laughs) Biden reminds me, you know where I'm going. Hunter Hunter Biden reminds me. He'd be
2: lucky if all they did was indict him. That's what you're saying.
4: Hunter Biden reminds me of the, uh, strung out, coked out brother-in-law of Tom Cruise in the movie Made It. American Made, Made America. He played a, a pilot flying, uh, some drug lords, drugs back and forth to Florida and back and forth across the Columbia. And, 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 and the, the brother-in-law, the young brother-in-law steals some money from uh, the drug lord, big drug lord, I can't remember the name right now, but in the in the last scene that he's in, you know, Tom Cruise gives him a pile of cash and tells him, disappear. We don't want to hear from you. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. That is the last scene that the kid is in. And the kid is walking away, strung out, and he's threatening Tom Cruise, you're going to send me a lot more money, and I'm going to send, I'm gonna, and I'm going to end up. Hunter Biden's not going to go down with all of the information that he has. Mm-hmm. And right now, there's a lot of fentanyl drug overdose doses mm-hmm, taking place mm-hmm. in this country, yeah. and it would make yeah. the Biden family very, very sympathetic. Oh, yeah. look what happened yeah. to our poor
5: baby!
2: Yeah, no, I, I don't think you're. I don't think you're straining the. I don't think you're straining the limits on that one, Steve. I I, I wonder the same thing. I mean, it's dangerous for them if he's a loose cannon. It's. Probably a net positive for them if they can claim they uh, well, look. We just we fell on our sword. We it it, it it pained us. Jill and I hated to see this happen, but we just had to. You know, I I I could write this script. You could write this script um the least likely explanation is that oh we're it's the wheels are turning and no one's interfering and there's a wall there's a merrick garland has a wall and he he doesn't get involved like just like with the mar-a-lago raid i didn't have anything to do i didn't know about that i didn't i didn't that i you know i found out later please please and i would say this about any party's administration there's no wall there there are walls. There are walls where there shouldn't be. We found that out after 9-11, but there's no wall in this stuff. Uh So where my mind goes on the Hunter thing is okay, how would you uh manage to take him off the board? You're tired of Republicans talking about him. You're tired of talk show hosts and Fox News talking about him. You're tired of that Bobulinski guy on with Tucker Carlson every day like he's his co-host. So how do you how do you take that off the board? Well, uh, if you're cold-hearted about it, there's all kinds of ways you could do it. You, you could do what Steve did. I, I I, don't think they'll do that, but it, I guess it could happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think they figured out that either he can be thrown away um, or Joe's going down and so uh, we, we don't care what happens to Hunter or uh, – Joe's going to run, and it will be fine if people know all this and see all this, because they already know most of it anyway. And if anything, it'll be a net plus, because he can say we were we were transparent, we worked with the, the authorities, look how different we are from previous administrations who protected family. I mean, Hunter's probably done all the good he can do for the Biden business, right? He sat on the Burisma board. He was the bag man. Um, he's probably not nearly as valuable to that enterprise as he used to be. Would you trust him? Would you want him to be your, your the linchpin of your operation? I wouldn't. So at this point, I, I guess, it could just be that he's outlived his usefulness. Uh, Jason is on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Jason, good afternoon.
3: Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call, Jack. Hey,
6: um. I don't know if you caught this, but yesterday uh, there was a little clip of a hot mic with President Biden, where he was talking yes. to a mayor. And you want to say what he said?
7: <laughs> he said something like, uh, nobody Well, I can't. I can't say with, the uh, word.
2: But he said nobody f's yeah. with the Bidens, right?
6: Yes, and isn't that ironic timing? At the time that people are fudging with the uh, Bidens in this
8: uh, little uh, leak. So I, I don't believe, Jason,
2: that any of this is happening without either the uh, foreknowledge and cooperation of Joe Biden or the Democratic Party is is doing him in, too. I mean, it it could be that they've they've decided to wash their hands of all the Bidens.
6: Yeah, and it made it he thought himself un, untouchable, and they're proving him wrong. So thank you
2: again, well, I mean, he's, I appreciate he, Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for the call, Jason. I mean, Joe Biden, talk about l- outliving your usefulness as I said about Hunter Biden, hasn't Joe Biden outlived his usefulness to the Democratic Party? I mean, they're not campaigning with him. They're not bringing him out to whip up the crowds. In fact, I don't think he even has the stamina. At this point, in a midterm, a president, whoever he is, should be barnstorming the country, should be bouncing around, flying around, doing rallies, doing events, appearing with a Senate candidate in this state and a gubernatorial candidate there and crucial House... He's not doing that. I don't think he has the stamina to do it. I don't think they can keep him on on point. Every few days, he has to go to Delaware and have his blood changed out or whatever the hell goes on there. But meanwhile, his usefulness to the Democratic Party was 2020. It was being the anti-Trump. It was being that benevolent, grandfatherly face, that Trojan horse, as I call it, that you could hide, in which you could hide... Susan Rice and Valerie Jarrett and the Green New Deal and John Kerry's climate insanity and this World Economic Forum cabal. You put that all inside of a Joe Biden and people either think he looks like a president or he looks kind of doofy and he, he couldn't be very threatening. I don't think this presidency will be very, uh, you know, transformative. He doesn't look like a, doesn't look like a guy that's going to come in and take the world by storm. But he was the Trojan horse. It wasn't him, it was what's inside the belly of the Trojan horse that makes all the trouble. Well that's that only works once. And they've already played that. You don't think they really want to line up behind him again. I mean, we know they don't. So maybe that's what it is. two ten, five nine nine, fifty five fifty five. Sean is on KTSA. Sean, good afternoon.
4: Hey, good afternoon, Jack. Appreciate you taking my call. Sure. Maybe I give them too much credit, but my take on it is, is that they want to charge him, convict him, and have it all wrapped up before Biden's presidency ends so he can pardon him.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Although, what would be the point? Uh, I, I'm not saying you're wrong, Sean, but let me just push back a little, and just to be a devil's advocate, okay? Um, what would be the point of going through all that if you're then going to pardon him?
4: Well... If they they can't double jeopardy, if they wait
2: no, but if you're going to go uh, through Dr. all that Republican to say, look, Republican we president. we don't we're not above the law, and then you pardon them, it, it takes the you you lose the you lose the credit you got for not being above the law, right?
4: Uh, I don't know that they do it for credit. I think they do it to make sure that a Republican president didn't do it after 24. Mm-hmm. If the so you think want.
2: they want to go through all this? uh have him do the perp walk. Well, here he is, first day in prison, orange jumpsuit. Then they pardon him. And then that way if the Republicans ever got their act together, they wouldn't be able to go, to go after him on those on those charges.
7: Correct. Yep.
2: Doesn't, no, no doesn't mean though, doesn't, doesn't mean though that
5: right off into the sunset.
2: Yeah, but but if they if they wanted to, they would probably get him on other things.
5: Maybe.
2: I, I just, think that I, would be, I, I, I'm not I saying you're wrong because none of us jail. know, but I, I think that would be a very high risk, uh, gamble because uh, you, you don't really know that you've got everything, you, you've got them on everything. You know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, they're not gonna convict them on 102 different things. And I, I, I really don't think they would, I think they would want the credit. I think if they, if they actually put them away, it would be so they could say, look, we, we're not above the law. A pardon would erase that. I, I understand what you're saying. Joe you're looking at it from the standpoint of protecting walk, him, off, but I don't the think fear. they're interested in protecting him.
1: No,
4: I I don't, I, don't, I agree with you on that. I don't believe that they are as well. I just think that come 24, Biden's going to be wiped out, and he'll he'll take his son and his millions and go off into no. the sunset.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. I, I mean, that could be. That could very well be. Um, and like and like we said, his son has done for him. Uh, thank you, Sean. Pretty much uh, all all the things that that he's ever going to be able to do for him. I mean, the guy's a wreck. And when you when you look at that stuff that Bobolinsky has and and um, all of the Air Force Two trips uh, to to like places like Beijing and so forth, that was not the guy we have now. This guy's a this guy's a total mess. And now. Too many people know are, are, are on to him. You know, he's he was under the radar back then. He's not under the radar anymore. Uh, federal agents believe they have enough evidence to charge Hunter Biden, says the Washington Post on their website. Um, he has been under investigation since 2018. There was a grand jury. Uh, they were looking at a few different areas. Taxes lying on a firearm application. Um, the U.S. attorney in Delaware was held over from the Trump administration because he was in the middle of this. His name is David Weiss. You're going to be hearing that name a lot. Uh, so they held him over, whereas in most other jurisdictions, uh, a new administration appoints its new U.S. attorneys. And um, the Washington Post is saying Weiss now has to decide, but really, really, this is a decision that will be made at the Justice Department. So it'll be made by people who were appointed by Biden. And so you have to ask yourself, why now and why would they go forward with this? Do they have to go forward with it? Is there an advantage to uh, charging him? By the way, charging him doesn't mean he's convicted. But if he is convicted, is, is there an advantage to that? If he's convicted, does he, does he pay a fine? Which we know they can easily afford to pay, or does he do some time in a club fed institution and and then and then what's the advantage political advantage or gamesmanship if all of that does happen, and that's a lot of ifs right two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five and keith is on k t s a hi Keith
4: hi, how's it going Jack? Thanks for taking my hey. call sure uh. My thought is, is they're going to charge him. They get to uh, claim that, see, we ain't above the law, but Mm -hmm. it's already set. He ain't going to do a jury trial. It's going to be done by judge, and he'll walk just like Hillary's always gotten away with. And Bill, well,
2: Hillary didn't go on trial.
4: Well, true, but I mean, but it's going to be the same deal. He may get charged, but it's it's all going to be it'll be a walk.
2: Does that work I though? I mean, is that is are people going to be sitting there going, "Oh, okay, I guess he's just like everybody else
4: Yeah, because they'll be like, "Well, they let him go," or you know they they took him to trial. So he you think slap they're slap on counting
2: on the process absolving him mm. in other words, you think well, that think you that think do. that they think if he goes through this He can be acquitted, and then we can tell you, you right wingers, to shut up about Hunter Biden. Yep. Okay. I I mean, that may very well that may very well be true. I mean, they could certainly they could I guess they could uh, hunt for a sympathetic courtroom, and uh, that that would be an interesting play. I mean, if that if that was the outcome. You know what they would then say. They would say, look, no president has ever exposed his family to anything like this. People expect that that you would protect your own kin. We're so above board and squeaky clean. Look what we did. And he was acquitted. Most transparent administration in history. They've said that. They would be able to say it even more. Is that what they're doing? So, Christian, there's an agency called the Administration for Strategic Preparedness and Response. Okay. Which you almost fall asleep reading that name. Mm-hmm. It sounds so boring. It's under HHS. It's in the news today because uh Disclosed TV is reporting that they have purchased two hundred and ninety million dollars worth of a drug that is uh used to combat radiation sickness after being exposed to radiological or nuclear
1: material. I heard a little bit about this, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
2: So, people are wondering what uh, is this sort of a routine thing that we haven't heard of before, like maybe they do this every 6 months or are they stockpiling it and if so, why? And you know, it's people are already on edge because of uh Putin and his finger Twitching over the uh, nuclear button right or, or or terrorists or 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 whatever so and then I was reading a little bit about this, and it turns out that um, I mean in their press release, they reference uh radiation sickness mm-hmm. so they 're not hiding it, but it is a drug that can be used for other things as well so
1: what do we what do we make of that well, when it comes to when it comes to what we hear in the mainstream media, you always have to look at what what's the reason for it, because something like this doesn't get out unless someone wants it out. Mm-hmm. So, well, like they you put said, it out as
2: the press release, it's yeah. not
1: really a secret. So, you know, it's one of two things. You know, it's just, in my opinion, it's designed to scare people, and we don't know mm-hmm. why. Yeah, yeah, interesting thought. Um, and
2: and, and you know. It's a whole other discussion. All of the money that the federal government spends with the pharmaceutical companies. I've always loved how politicians rail against them, right? They're, they're big pharma. Yeah, they're evil. Right. They're yeah. the enemy of the people. But, like, we are forking over billions of dollars for these Pfizer and Moderna boosters that nobody
1: wants. Yeah. Nobody's getting. And that's kind of a it's kind of a related point. You just mentioned how the the politicians will quote unquote go after big pharma, but really they're not. No. So no. when it comes to this story about the the, the anti radiation drug, the first thing I do is look at what is being published. Yep. On a global or nationwide scale, yep. then I try to dig deeper and find out what what real people on the front lines are actually saying about it. And very often, <laughs> more often than not, you get two very different stories. There you go.
2: Well, we'll be talking about that. Thank you, Christian. We we'll talk about that coming up here. We've got your uh, votes coming in on the uh, poll question today. Uh, Gabriel Nadalis with a group called One America or Our America. It's called. Um, He's, uh, we're going to talk about this uh, survey that shows that um, young people, um, by and large, don't seem to have a very positive view of their country. W- w- it's no mystery as to why that's happening. But what, is that, what would that mean? What might that mean? And then what is uh, our America, what do they think they're going to do about it? Uh, and he's an interesting guy. You're going to want to hear him. He's coming up here in a few minutes on KTSA. Speaking of young people, I was just reading also today that um, a number of college uh, colleges around the country are extending their mask mandates, and that probably doesn't surprise you. I mean, if you think about the the politics of higher education. I don't mean the politics of higher education. I mean the the political... Proclivity of people in higher education—they would be the mask, the maskers. Um, but so, so that's happening, um, and they're admitting that there aren't really numbers or there isn't data to support doing it, but they're doing it. And then I read uh, about and and I don't know if you're familiar with this. Amherst College is a very, very, very Crunchy granola hippie liberal liberal arts school uh, in Massachusetts Amherst College is going to put masks up to a vote. <laughs> They're going to have a vote. Should masks be required in this class? And there will be uh, it will be decided by vote. Now I- I'm laughing because. Remember when we used to hear follow the science, trust the science, listen to the science? Remember when you were a science denier if you expressed an opinion? If something is science, how can you put it up for a vote? That's a, this would be like putting gravity up for a vote or putting is the earth round up for a vote. or You know what I mean? It's, it, it's, it is hilarious to me that this is what we've come to. So you have colleges mandating it all over the place. But then you have this one college saying, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a vote. And the, the the game is up. I mean, you know, th- this isn't science anymore. This isn't data-driven anymore. We were talking about the, uh, the boosters. Um, they're buying billions of dollars worth. They're just sitting there. There's frantic advertising on television. I don't know if you've seen all the public service ads. I don't even know if there really are public service ads. I think they might be paid uh, ads because they seem to say in the ad that they are ads for Moderna or ads for Pfizer. And they're, they're promoting and pushing get your boosters. But people aren't doing it. So I guess people are kind of voting in that way too, right? We're voting with our feet, um, the 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 ability to move people, the ability to just wiggle their finger and everybody straps on a mask or lines up for a jab, is changing. Don't think they're going to give up. They're just going to switch up. Uh, we're announcing today that Rapping with Jack 2022 will return with a big rap event and broadcast in December. Uh, for the first time since 2019, our annual campaign to support Family Service Association of San Antonio, which has been, uh, which you've responded to beautifully every year we've done it, uh, going back to 99. Uh, we're, we're bringing back the, the big show, the Christmas concert with Ken Slavin and his band, the event where people come and they bring gifts and we wrap them and you bring the kids and we have a great big time and we put all of that on the radio. That will happen in December. We've got a new location. And a date that we will be announcing very soon. Follow Rapping with Jack on Facebook for more details. All right, so our next guest has been with us before. Gabriel Nadalis is a national co director of Our America. Uh, He also is a former Antifa activist. He told that story the last time he was with us and has written a book about it called Behind the Black Mask My Time as an Antifa Activist. He's back on our KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners. Newsmaker Line. And Gabriel, good afternoon.
6: Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me back on.
2: So I wanted to ask you, um, uh, I know you, you, there was a, a great story about what you're doing in the in the Washington Times. Um, why don't I ask you a little bit about um, what is the attitude toward concepts like patriotism, toward um, ex- American exceptionalism, and even potentially the attitude toward, uh, you know, defending one's country, if it came to that, among the group that you, that you all work with, which is Gen Z and, and millennials, because obviously, it goes without saying that younger Americans have had a different experience, they've had a different kind of education, they've they've marinated in a different kind of pop culture about this country than somebody my age, I'm Generation X, so... What, where Where are the people that your group works with on those kinds of issues?
6: Well, let me tell you real quick. If you were to go on, like, CNN, MSNBC, or some of these, like, mainstream websites, you would think that the vast majority of Americans hate America. Like, right? right. every single time right. that you kind of see these things, they always sensationalize them. But we've done our research, and we know that, the vast majority of Americans support America. Just to break down a couple of numbers for you. I mean, uh, 80% of Hispanic people think that America is great. 76% of black African-American people think that, again, that America is great. And this includes 71% of parents under the age of 40. And what you often have in the media, they like to have have this big megaphone, this minority and view of the world. And just to give you another example for, um, the black lives matter movement enjoys about 81 or 83% of support from all Americans and particularly from African Americans. But if you ask African Americans, whether they support their number one stance, which is defunding the police, well 81% of black Americans actually support the level of police they have or they want more. So what we have here is like this, this, uh, idea that the vast majority of Americans hate America, but when we actually talk to real, regular Americans, they actually support us quite a bit.
2: Now, I believe you, but I want to push back a little bit, because I think about young people like you know my daughter's age, she's a teenager, and, and college students. You're in a group, maybe you're hanging out, or you're out somewhere, and you start talking about politics. If there is somebody... You know, going off on um, one world government, uh, railing against capitalism, the banking system is rigged. It might be, you might be right that four out of five people at that table uh, aren't buying it, but you might also find that they keep their mouth shut, right? Like they don't want to, the person that has the most radical point of view is probably doing the most spouting off is what I'm thinking.
6: That's exactly right. I mean, let me give you an example of my niece. She's 15, 10th grade, you know. She's definitely not conservative or by any means of the imagination. But she sometimes sees some of these people who are so out there getting into, like, trouble, getting into fights on the street, you know, breaking, creating chaos. And she just thinks it's laughable. She makes jokes about cancel culture. And, like, you would think that uh, that would actually, Gen Z would be, I would not want to touch that. They would be super sensitive. But again, the mainstream media likes to highlight that radical minority of people because it's interesting, you know. The vast majority of Americans just want to live life Mm -hmm. and be happy, but unfortunately that's not a news story, so it often gets forgotten.
2: So what do you do, what does our America do to make those young people at that table or in that conversation who feel like, well, maybe I'm the only one that thinks we need police, or I'm the only one that, that thinks capitalism is a good thing. What, do you, what, do you, what can you do for them?
6: Well, you know, the purpose of Our America is really to highlight the greatness of America, but really the way we're trying to see ourselves as as the anti-American watchdog. Any time that there's anti-Americanism, especially being spouted by members of Congress or by, you know, CEOs of important corporations, we're going to call it out and say, no, you think that you ha- you're have this moral high ground or that you, the majority of people support what you're saying, but you're only kowtowing to this minority of people. If you look at uh, example by example, the majority of Americans support America. So really, sunlight is the best disinfectant. We're literally just going to start calling it out every time we see it and show that to really give a voice to that vast majority of Americans that do support this country.
2: Where can people uh, find out more about our America and and maybe see some of this uh, data that you're that you're citing about people's attitudes?
6: Sure, I mean if people want to go check out uh, some of the data that we provided, the Washington P- Times article that we that was just published about us, it, those are some of the numbers that they checked out. Um, as far as our website, it's called JoinOurAmerica.org. That's JoinOurAmerica.org, and you know we just really want people to be part of this movement because, you know. The vast majority of Americans already agree with us. It's about really giving them that opportunity to speak out for their beliefs.
2: Yeah, I, I think this is a big uh, a big challenge because I, I agree with you that there are a lot of uh, people of all ages whose heart is in the right place, but if they think they're the only one, or they don't feel I've heard I've heard people say this many times I wanted to speak up, but I don't feel like I have the ammo, or I don't know enough. you know this other loudmouth Marxist or whatever seemed to have all the answers and I didn't feel like I could you know debate back Um, we need to figure out how to equip people to hold their own in a conversation like that
6: No, and you know something that's funny because a lot of times some of these like really radical beliefs don't ever get challenged when you start challenging them asking questions all of a sudden Mm. you stump a lot of really radical Mm. beliefs and again. Mm. All we have to do is call it out and show the majority of Americans actually support the uh, yeah. of being pro-American. And it's 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 kind of funny because it's so easy, but it's just going to take a long time for people to really get involved because it's kind of a bystander effect, you know? Nobody wants to do it until that one first person does it, and then it's just a snowball effect.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, people don't want to feel alone, uh, and they don't want to get caught in a situation where they don't feel they can carry the conversation. Join our America.org uh for our America and Gabriel Nadalas always great to have you I'm, I'm glad you came back I hope you'll do it again with us and uh thanks for the time today Anytime.
6: All right thanks Jack. uh
2: Bye-bye. we're going to update KTSA thank you sir uh we're going to update KTSA time saver traffic uh get the latest on that uh we're going to take your calls at 210-599-5555 uh there was a headline I think I saw it yesterday or today US murder rate continues climbing uh, there was a headline about a survey in Wisconsin where people are opposed to agricultural restrictions, like the one in Europe, ones in Europe that are that are starving people. Um, and Victor Davis Hanson, who you've heard on our show many times, great uh, Stanford scholar and and writer historian, uh, he recently wrote this: "Civilization is fragile; it hinges on ensuring the stuff of life." to be able to eat, to move about, to have shelter, to be free from coercion, to to be secure abroad and safe at home. Only that allows cultures to be free from the daily drudgery of mere survival. And so it got me to thinking about, instead of dividing ourselves by left and right or blue and red, are are you angry or are you afraid? And that's my column you can read at KTSA.com. But we're going to talk about that as well as your reaction to the Hunter Biden news today. Um, are you angry or are you afraid when you watch the news, when you watch what's going on, when you react to what's happening in our world? And, of course, you're going to say, well, sometimes I'm angry, sometimes I'm afraid, Jack. What do you mean? I mean, some of both. But I'm going to tell you this. If you are more one than the other and you tell me which one you are, I probably have a pretty good idea of how you're voting. Like, if your view of the government is that it should always be there to pick you up when you fall, to supply what you don't have, to remove risk from your path, to uh, you know alleviate all your needs, then you're afraid. You're afraid to do it without the government. Do you see a government that isn't doing enough, or do you see a government that is doing too much? They said today that California is expanding its um, universal basic income. They're going to send out thousand fifty dollar checks, one thousand and fifty dollar checks monthly to help people with inflation. The government is helping people with inflation. The government created. The inflation with currency and central banking and spending. So, the government that foisted that inflation on you now wants to help you with it. Does that make you angry? And they're taking money from one person and giving it to another. It's not like this isn't income redistribution. Or the energy issue. We get lectured by politicians. We don't need fossil fuels. They've done such a good job of creating the idea that we don't need them, that now we don't have them. And now they've gone on bended knee to countries that hate us and begged for it. Meanwhile, they're yelling at us to go green with no idea of how we are supposed to do that, how we're supposed to afford it, where we're supposed to get the stuff. So people telling you to go green might as well tell you to flap your arms and fly. Or we had the news story the other day about $17 billion in accrued aid to Ukraine. We are mismanaging our foreign policy. We are mismanaging our military interventions. And then we're covering up our mismanagement by throwing money at the trouble spots. While we throw money at other countries, we tell our own people there isn't enough money to build bridges and roads. You need to pay more in taxes, you selfish, greedy, wanting to keep all your money We look at all the institutions we respected and and counted on when we were growing up. Public schools, the military, the judicial system, the FBI. Everything we've made progress on, everything that was a hallmark of American exceptionalism is suddenly out of fashion, or racist, or unwoke, or woke, or ruined. And therefore, places that used to be safe, like schools, suddenly are not. Does that make, does all of that make you angry or afraid? The people that it makes afraid want the government to do more. You're not doing enough. We need more of the stuff I just listed bailing out of college loans and universal basic income, send more checks, subsidize more things people that are angry are saying, enough. You made these problems. So how this looks to you, I think, is a more accurate predictor than than just labeling people with labels that I'm not sure we even know what it means anymore. I'm, I'm sorry, and I know this is going to offend some people, but when somebody says to me or a caller calls in and says, now, Jack, I'm a conservative, that word, well, I'm not. I'm not totally sure we know what that word means anymore. That's not a definitive word anymore. You know, Jeb Bush said he was a conservative, or if you say, "Hey, I'm a Republican," even more vague. What the heck is that? And Liz Cheney's a Republican. Dick Cheney's a Republican. So, I think the angry and afraid. Demarcations tell me t- that tells me more, and I think fear is how they get you to do stuff. you know Christian and I were talking about that story involving the uh, Department of Health and Human Services uh stockpiling drugs to be used for nuclear and radiological emergencies. You know who's going to react to a story like that? People that are wearing masks in their car by themselves. Are gonna be, are gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, oh my god, right? And and I think you should. I, I can't tell you what to think, but I think you should be angry. I don't think you should be afraid. I think you should be angry at people that took things you were justly proud of and transformed them and made them lesser versions of what they used to be. How did our military get to where it's having pronoun workshops? That wouldn't even be a good idea if the world was at peace, but the world is not at peace. So, what do you think? 210 599 55 55. Civilization looks pretty fragile. Does that make you afraid or does that make you angry? 210 599 55 55. Angel is on KTSA. Angel, good afternoon. Nope. Okay. Not there. Um, I, I, you know, I was reading about, uh, I was reading a book about the battle of Bunker Hill and one of the key people in the battle of Bunker Hill is a, an American general named Isaiah Putnam or I'm sorry, Israel Putnam. He was, he was one of George Washington's most trusted, uh, generals, but he was the opposite of George Washington. He was where George Washington was tall and wealthy and aloof and sort of, you know, blue blood. Putnam was a tavern owner. He was about five and a half feet tall. He was burly. He was kind of chubby. He was loud. He didn't write very well. He didn't speak very well. By that I mean eloquently. But General Putnam's great strength was that his men loved him. And he would fight amongst his troops. He would be right there in the ramparts. He would be right there in the thick of it, always. He didn't lead from behind. He didn't lead from headquarters. He was with and amongst the fighting. And um, and 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 he survived. He lived to a ripe old age. But but he exemplified how we got this country in the first place not to take away from George Washington of course but we 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 are a country founded by people who didn't get scared they got mad and you you know your history right the, the founders originally were demanding their rights as british citizens they weren't demanding independence that was the that was their last resort That's what they defaulted to. But what they spent the longest time on, this is why we had, you know, Benjamin Franklin in London for years. What they spent the longest time on was just trying to be recognized and get their rights as British citizens in a British colony. That's what they wanted. They were they were happy to stay under the rule of the of the British crown if they were accorded what they believed were their rights. They got mad. When that was slapped down, when that was denied, when that was mocked, Franklin himself was ridiculed in a room full of British lords. Who do you think you are? And so, I I think what we need to be now is angry. What they want us to be now is afraid. The Biden administration announcing a pardon of federal offenses for marijuana possession. Uh, This is not as big as it sounds. There's only... I think about five or six thousand people to whom this could possibly apply nationwide, and some of those people would not get out of prison because they are also uh, they have also been convicted of other charges and or state charges. The Biden administration is is pardoning uh, federal mar- simple marijuana possession uh, cases, urging governors to do the same. But again, if you're in there for other things as well, it's not going to matter. Um, And this was a campaign promise of uh, Team Biden, but you got to wonder if it's one of those things they held back. And I think there's others, by the way. I think there will be others that they're holding back uh, that they're going to drop on us in the next few weeks because they're trying to change the conversation. They're trying to change the dynamic of where these midterms are going. Jeff is on KTSA. Jeff, good afternoon.
9: Hey, good afternoon, Jack. I think your analogy of the colonist and the last resort of war applies to Biden and Hunter and this news that just came out. I, I would suspect the DNC has been having discussions with Joe and those around him trying to convince him not to run, um, go out a winner, Joe, not a loser. Uh, I'm also concerned that Joe would have enough trouble winning his own race, much less helping anyone else win. Mm -hmm. So as a last resort, we're going to hang Hunter around his neck um, because everybody understands. I think even Democrats do any indictment of Hunter, Joe shadows in the courtroom, all the things that Hunter has done or is accused of being a part of Joe was a part of that. And you can't really separate the two in the public's mind. Uh, I think it'll be very telling as this moves forward. If you start to hear the, cnn reporters or the msnbc people just drop little comments about how Mm -hmm. could joe not have known Mm -hmm. just little things that are tying him to hunter so that when the time comes he has no choice but to step aside and let someone Mm -hmm. else run Mm -hmm. every Mm -hmm. other argument clearly has failed because every time the white house is asked is he running they don't hesitate for a minute you bet he's running sure he's going to run
2: yeah. I, well, they have to, they have to say that anyway, uh, because the minute they say anything else, it, all kinds of other wheels start turning. I, I, I believe right. even if he's already decided not to run, they're going to keep up the pretense that he's running for quite, quite some time. Um, and I understand why that is. And I, I, I think, I think they're, they're just, that's simple politics 101. But, but it, that's an interesting theory. So you're, you're basically saying, uh, they're trying to put Joe Biden, between a rock and a hard place, right? Like, you know, you're, you're, you can't, you can't get away from the stench or the association. But let me, let me push back a little, Jeff, because I look all around the country and I know you do too. You look at these races where people are backing putrid candidates. I mean, candidates that don't, that don't have any business being within a hundred yards of the Senate or the House. But if you're, if they vote your way, you'll look the other way. Isn't that what we do now in politics? We support our team, no matter what the players actually do.
9: I I think...
2: I mean, look at all the women that supported Bill Clinton long after it was clear that he, he's a pig around women. He's, he's dangerous around women. But women would tell you we have to have him because we need the way he, he governs.
9: I, I think most incumbent presidents over my lifetime the last 50 years you, you could make that argument hold my nose and vote for him but joe has become such a, an embarrassment uh with his gibberish and um I, I just can't see the the people in charge in, in those rooms in the well, I, I hear what you're saying it's and i'm not a, arguing
2: with you that he's an embarrassment and the gibberish but you know i was behind a car yesterday uh, driving down the street and behind a car with a with a Joe sticker on the back, and you know I wasn't angry. I didn't want to honk my horn. I really just wanted to ask the person: Are you serious that even after all the craziness, you're still driving around with that? I understand if you voted for him because you wanted to get Trump out of there, but you still got the sticker on your car. What are you proud of? How, well, how but, are you? How, how ridiculous do you look with that sticker? But I think that speaks to the fact that he isn't a person, Jeff. He it, he represents their position on abortion, or their position on the Supreme Court, or their position on the Electoral College, or whatever it is. And and they're going to hold their nose and look the other way, no matter what he or his family members
9: do. But do you think the DNC wants the internal cat fight that's going to occur from other? potential candidates well Are that's sure a separate question
2: dudes? i don't think they i don't think they will run him again i don't think they're going to run him again but if we're How talking about whether or not do he's
9: sitting president from saying i want to run he's
2: got yeah. the bully
9: pulpit he doesn't need right, a lot of money right, right.
2: conference and and i agree that 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 will be very hard it'll be very hard to engineer him out of the job but if we're talking about what this thing right now means um i think you, you i mean you may be right i'm not saying you're wrong But I think we now live in a time where there isn't anything that could come out about a candidate that would pry away from that candidate the people that support him or her solely because of their positions. People aren't gonna say, well, I'm pro-abortion or I'm pro-choice, but I gotta vote against this person because of this scandal, or I've gotta change my vote to the other side because I found out this isn't a good person. John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, look at the support for him. Even if the polls aren't entirely accurate, even if it's even if it's only half of Pennsylvania voters that's got to be an issue loyalty they can't be looking at him thinking yes he looks like a senator to me uh, and so that that's where i think we're at right now i mean we we can't find, you know we got to be careful not to judge what's happening with joe and hunter by the way politics used to work it's got to be judged by the way politics works now later in this hour we'll have the results on our jr poll uh we're going to talk about this do you usually watch shows with or without captioning and you may be surprised by who's using captioning the most these days i'm talking about closed captioning which you can turn on and and have i'm not talking about like when you're watching a foreign language film we probably all need it then but when you turn on the captioning so you can read the dialogue along with hearing it spoken by the uh, characters. Uh, We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, who was your TV friend when you were a kid. Because I thought it was interesting, this week, uh, this same week in 1955, Captain Kangaroo, which was a CBS show, and... The uh, Mickey Mouse Club, which was an ABC show, Disney's Mickey Mouse Club, both debuted on network television same week in 1955, and those were, of course, iconic and long-running shows for young people, so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. We had the breaking news this afternoon of uh, Hunter Biden and uh, the ongoing, the four-plus year investigation uh, into him with uh, unnamed sources in the federal government telling the Washington Post that they believe, which is is again sort of meaningless because they don't get to decide, but they believe they have accrued enough evidence to charge the president's son with uh, tax uh, evasion and with um, lying on a federal firearms application. So we got that. We've got the pardon for uh, federal marijuana possession and uh we've been kind of talking a little bit about uh our politics and how we sort ourselves out. Are you angry or are you afraid two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five Sam is on the radio on k t s a sam good afternoon
5: how you doing jack uh, i want hey, first sam. of all i want to thank you for everything you do and say and I wanted to comment on your question about angry or afraid yeah i 'm outright angry at my government i'm not afraid of it. The last time I was afraid of my of my government, I wound up spending a year in Vietnam yeah. and ever yeah. since then, when I got there, I found out how much lies our government was telling us, mm-hmm. and it has not stopped since it's getting worse and worse and worse and no matter who's in office, whether Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative, we still wind up with a whole bunch of lies. Mm-hmm. If you remember back in those times during the Vietnam War, a crooked president that we had by the name of Nixon, he did say something that made a lot of sense, and it should work today. He said that the silent majority needs to speak up. Right. And why is our, the majority of Americans being silent? Because they are afraid of their government, and that is wrong. It it always and it always should be. We, the people, not we, the government, right, and as long as we're, as long as we're afraid of the government, they have us in their pocket.
2: well, you said it really well. Uh, there's a famous saying, "Are we a people with a government or a government with a people? I think right now we're a government with a people, but we're supposed to be a people with a government they're supposed they're actually supposed to be worried about us, not the other way around, right.
5: Exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, The government is afraid of us. That's why they're using everything they can to uh, put people, uh, uh, you know, quiet people down and keep them from not speaking out the truth because they are afraid of the people. But the people just don't want to speak up. They gripe and grumble over over the kitchen Uh, at the table at supper time, or they gripe and grumble at the grocery store, they gripe and grumble at the time they're peeling up their gas uh, uh, vehicles at the gas station, but that's about as far as it gets, and that's what the government is counting on.
2: You've you've said it well, giving us something to think about. Sam, thank you, sir. Good to have you on our show. Thank you for your service in Vietnam, too. 210-599-5555. Mark is calling in on the Hunter Biden story. Mark, good afternoon.
7: Hi, Jack. Jack, um, I'm a little skeptical of this of this late breaking news story on uh, 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 Hunty. Um, you a know, little skeptical. Used to be that, very skeptical. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, the, the smartest guy I know he has been under investigation since 2018. What is that? Five years. And they're saying, well, we think we have enough evidence to, you know, file charges against him. I mean, we know that there's been enough evidence. You know, they found enough evidence a long time ago. I think this guy's untouchable. I don't think anything's going to happen to him. You know? So I, this I, is kind of I, like I, a
2: Lucy with the football moment, get everybody worked up, and then uh, they pull the football away at the last minute.
7: I think so. I think we're being trolled by WAPO and, you know, WAPO and, and the New York Times, the failing New okay, York Times. Okay, so but now
2: wait a minute. Uh, why? Why would they be doing that? What's the point of that?
7: Um... You know, I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Why? 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 I don't know. I just don't trust them.
2: Because you've already got, got a lot about. of people. You've already got a lot of people who have been been sold on and been convinced that the guy is is shifty and skanky, and you know, his own That's laptop is a is a is a total cell phone, a total self indictment. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it, it's. It's like uh it's like the reader's digest condensed version of crime. He's got everything on there, you know. Um but um if if you are right that we are being seduced into thinking that he, his day has come and he's he's going to finally this is all going to catch up with him and then it doesn't. I I would need to know well then who benefits from that because I think, and I, I continue to think, that Joe Biden is not good for another term. He's not even somebody they want to renominate and run again. I think they want to run Gavin Newsom. I think they know they're going to be running against either Trump or DeSantis, and that he's a better matchup against either one of them. Uh, by the way, I don't think he is, but I think they believe that. And... um so one way to look at the Hunter Biden story is this is the takedown of of Joe. But then I say, well wait a minute, Joe's own attorney general probably wouldn't be in cahoots against him. So then I'm thinking, well maybe Joe believes that justice for Hunter and and let's remember he's not going to be he's not going to be on a chain gang somewhere. He either he'll either get a suspended sentence, he'll get a fine, uh, he'll go to a club fed. You know, the whole, oh, he, he needs treatment, uh, you know, detox. Maybe Joe's strategy is I'm hanging on to this thing and I'm going to show people that we're transparent and we fall on our sword and we're not above the law. So maybe, maybe it's that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't believe what I guess is what we're being asked to believe, which is that a U.S. attorney appointed by Trump held over by Biden, is is just doing his job, that the, the feds are unencumbered by politics, they're just doing their job. I mean, how can we believe that? How are we, after everything that's happened the last few years, how are we supposed to believe that? This is the federal government. This is the DOJ that investigates parents as domestic terrorists for going to school board meetings. This is the DOJ that hasn't found anybody guilty of anything against a pregnancy resource center. We talked about this yesterday with Susan Swift. Unless you were at J6, you've done nothing. They're not interested in you. But all of a sudden, they're like Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. on the FBI series? No. No, no. So that's where my mind has gone on this. It hasn't, it hasn't settled on one particular theory. But I'm convinced that there is a serpentine, Machiavellian strategy to this. That culminates either in a Joe Biden, you know, coup de gras, or hey America, you know, I told you I'd be the most transparent president ever, and hey, even if it's my own son, my surviving son, he's all I have left. Um I can't protect him. Look at me. I don't know. Saying on my email, oh, well, um, the Hunter Biden thing is just, uh, you know, he's not going to prison, um, and, uh, you know, it's a, it, it's not going to happen because daddy will pardon him. Okay, but they wouldn't arrange that so that daddy could pardon him. That is political poison. Even if Joe Biden is never running for anything again but the bathroom, the Democrats would be stuck with a putrid issue of the Hunter pardon. That means that their new candidate would be asked about it everywhere. That means that their candidates down ballot would be asked with it everywhere. I, I I lived through this when Ford pardoned Nixon. It haunted the Republicans it, they didn't all do it one guy did it but it was it was hung around all of their necks so i don't believe if you want to convince me of your of your theory you know your plot it's got to have some other it's got to go more places than just they uh they they convict them of something and then they pardon them and everybody walks away because you don't you don't. And I'm still thinking that this really has more to do with the Democratic Party and its establishment being done with Biden. The Bidens. I mean, think about it. He's not he's not adding any value. He's not helping them. They are having to explain him. They are carrying him. He carried them across the finish line in 2020. He was their Trojan horse. But now he can't be that and stripped of that and without COVID to keep him in the basement, he's got to be out there mumbling and muttering and saying stuff and chewing on the scenery. They need to move on from that. 210-599-5555. Rob is on the radio. Rob, good evening.
3: Good evening, Jack. First-time caller, long-time listener, big fan. Hey, you said that you you couldn't figure out uh, in your mind... What they would benefit from this and to me it's pretty obvious three things number one i think it deflates the morale of the republican party to see hunter Biden charges and walk away from them i think that it breaks the will of the republicans number two I think that you could make a good argument that the Democrats have spent the last couple of years trying to goad the Republicans into acts of violence, and certainly there would be a segment of the population that could be guilty of that over something like this. And then secondly, I think it increases the morale of Democrats to watch something like this happen.
2: Well, you said three things, right? It deflates the Republicans... It goads them to violence, and it inflates the morale of the Democrats. Correct. Did I hear you correctly? All right. How does it deflate the Republicans but simultaneously goad them to violence?
3: Because I think that there's a big Republican Party, and I think the reaction of some of the Republicans would be would vary between those two extremes i think there's a number of people that would just simply walk away with their hands in the air saying it's happened again a la hillary clinton and i don't think there's any arguing the fact that it would just really tick some people off to the point of and that.
2: yeah we're losing your we're kind of losing your cell rob i I, i'm I'm gonna have to disagree with you about that i don't i don't see either of those things i don't i don't think that um first of all i don't think you can those two arguments really counteract each other you could say it's a big party but that doesn't really make a lot of sense that you're saying the same action will have two totally opposite effects i don't believe people will riot or storm the capitol uh if hunter biden is acquitted or if he's convicted and then and then uh and then p- uh, pardoned. I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't believe that. I don't believe that that it was rank and file Republicans that did that in the first place. I think it was a bunch of people that were ignorant of how the Constitution works uh, and didn't know could that be, that Mike Pence was not people. in a position to reverse the election. And as far as your third point about improving morale among uh, Democrats, the thing that will improve morale among Democrats is not having to run with Biden at the top of their ticket. So it might have that purpose, might have that effect. They 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 want to move on from him because he's already served his purpose. He's of no value to them running for re-election in twenty twenty-four. He he can only hurt them, not help them. Uh, But I I don't really I don't really I'm sorry I'm not really convinced of the other two. I think you got to pick one or the other there, but you can't have them both.
3: Jack, let's see how this whole thing shakes out.
2: Fair enough. Rob, I'm glad you called. Thank you for being a first-time caller. Thank you for listening. Uh, Lisa's on 550 and 1071
8: KTSA. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Jack. So I think nothing's going to happen to this Hunter guy. You know, it's going to be just the same. He, I'm sure that everybody wants there to be, for them to set an example mm-hmm. and, 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 and set the laws and say, hey, you know, you're just as guilty as if you were a poor guy in the south side of San Antonio. You know? Uh I, I just like with Trump and all these classified documents that he took home and they're still deciding if they're gonna prosecute him or
2: not. I well, mean well, Jesus, But wait a minute Lisa, if if, if, if nothing's me gonna me happen far. to him, if nothing's gonna happen to him, why did the why did the Biden Justice Department leak to the Washington Post and why did the Washington Post, which is pro Joe Biden, run it?
8: Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just one of those one of those schemes that people use, such as like that. All using the people of Viviali, you know. I think it, they think that it's going to benefit them, and I think it's everybody's the way they perceive things. Uh, I guess. Just what if it's a, a
2: whistleblower in the FBI? What we know there are whistleblowers coming out of the FBI about other stuff, like the uh, investigations into these uh, parents and the uh pregnancy resource centers what if what if the person that leaked this i still don't understand why the washington post would run it but what if the person who leaked it is somebody that's trying to bring down uh christopher ray or bring down um you know this justice department by exposing it and it really isn't about Hunter Biden it's really about that yeah. i mean maybe that's what it
8: is it, it could be it could be you know what i mean this is their, this is their like for example the washington post publishing it um you know they wanted to be the first ones you know they wanted to beat everybody it's yeah
2: but i the think they sit on a thing. lot of listen lisa i think they stifle and smother a lot of things that are that are negative toward the democrats you know that they don't run everything every not everything that's brought to them gets on their website or into the pages of their paper if it's bad for a democrat or if it's bad for the democratic candidate in a race they broom it they don't run it I, so there's got to be some other reason why they would run this
8: like you said there's probably somebody leaking it in there there's probably a a person like you said and you know trying to see where this story yeah. goes everybody wants yeah. their 15 minutes of fame and yeah. here the people are the ones that are stuck like you said we should be the people with the government, and there's no respect for government anymore. There's no it's just, it's pretty scary.
2: Lisa, so appreciate I like the call. Thank you.
8: you. I, I like to listen to you. You're starting to reel me in. I get out of work <laughs> and I hear you on the way home, and I've had to call you like three times already, and I'm trying to refrain from calling you, you know. But uh, <laughs> all
2: right, I'm only starting to reel you, you in. I don't I don't have you yet. I gotta I gotta still work on it.
8: Well, you know, it's it's been about two weeks now, so it's growing
2: okay. and growing. All right, I'll keep working. I won't give up. Day. I won't give up until you tell me until I, you tell me I got you. All right. Th-
8: thank you for these stories. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, for these thank stories. you
2: Lisa. I appreciate thank hearing your happy. call. Thank you. Um, the one thing I think a lot of people have said that I think is pretty safe is um, Hunter Biden is not going to languish in prison. He's not going to be dragging like in the movies, dragging his tin can back and forth along the bars, singing you know, singing songs. He 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 will not do hard time. He will not be in for long if he ever goes in. If there's even a case, but I I think that's very safe to say. I do think a lot of this is um, for appearances. What we have to ask ourselves is appearance of what. So. We know we're being played to. Our job is to figure out what is what are we supposed to be feeling, and why do they want us to feel that? And I think we're doing a good job of of asking that, of questioning that. We're not sitting back and going, "Finally, justice." That would be incredibly naive. If you're, if I'm sorry, and I don't want to out you, but if your reacting, your reaction to this is, "Well, it's about time." No, please, we got, we got a lot. Like like Lisa said. Uh, Like Rob said, we've got a long way to go here. And the best thing to do right now, you're being played. You know you are. This is like when you're in a relationship and you've just been handed a line. Your job is to figure out what's the real deal here, why they want me to believe that. Well, there it is. That's the theme music to Captain Kangaroo. Which debuted on this week in 1955 on CBS television. Same week that Captain Kangaroo debuted, the Mickey Mouse Club took a bow on the ABC network. It's kind of crazy that those would both go back to the same week in the same year. But we're talking about this today um, because we now live in a time when children are told by adults in positions of authority and trust, don't tell your parents what we're doing. Don't tell your parents what we're talking about. That is now being said to your children in school. Now, at one time, and I believe still, that would be a huge red flag. That is an absolute sign of something that the parents need to know. And so I was thinking about how when I was a kid, and I I did not watch the Mickey Mouse Club. that That did not appeal to me. But I did grow up on Captain Kangaroo and on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, among others. These were shows that were made for kids, but they were, in a sense, also made for parents. Because they were in lockstep with what parents wanted for their kids. These were trusted figures that you could leave your child alone with. I was not an only child, but I was I, I came before my siblings, so I was for the first like four or five years of my life really an only child. I could I could sit in the room and watch these shows. These were my friends. I I would answer their questions. <laughs> If, if Mr. Rogers said, stand up and let me see how tall you've gotten, I would jump out of my chair. My mom tells me this. I don't remember it. These shows reinforced how we were being raised, whether it was educating us, whether it was teaching respect, whether it was teaching us to be kind. And there was no um, daylight between what was right at home and what was right with Mr. Rogers or right with Captain Kangaroo, right? So I, I feel like we have morphed or, or, or evolved, maybe devolved, from a time when these, you know, so-called children's programming and, and really everything aimed at children, you know, public schools, it was designed to be complementary to parenting. Now a lot of it seems to be oppositional to parenting don't tell your parents or contra what you've been taught at home or contra to the way you've been raised or contra to what they say at your church where your family takes you every week. That's a pretty significant change because these shows were also part of a larger culture that was essentially shaping us, molding us. I mean, we didn't watch a ton of TV when I was a kid. But the TV we watched did help shape us along again with our church and our school and our moms and our dads. And what is happening now? And and it made me a little... I, I'm, I feel very lucky to have grown up when I grew up, but it made me wonder what is happening now. What is, what, what is going on with kids that still have parents that love them, still have parents that are trying to teach the golden rule or do unto others or, you know... Uh, Judeo-Christian values, but then if they are watching what what passes for today's children's television, is that reinforcing it or is that contradicting it? Is it listen to your parents or is it don't tell your parents? 210-599-5555. We uh, asked the question on the uh, poll about uh, captioning for tv it it turns out cuz i i, I got to admit i have become um is addicted the right addict is not the right word i would say dependent <laughs> dependent might be a better word i'm i have gotten to the point where i i pretty much have the captions on almost all the time with shows and according to a story that ran the other day in the wall street journal um, closed captions are not just for old folks or not just for people with hearing loss. In fact, um, in a recent survey, uh, over 75% of Gen Z, that's teens and 20s, and over 50% of millennials say they watch shows with the text on, with the captioning on, all or most of of the time. In fact, they are using closed captioning more like a higher percentage of young viewers are using closed captioning than the folks you would think, which would be maybe people that are having hearing loss or have a hearing aid or, you know, what have you. So that made me feel better. Because I wondered why I was literally unable to watch shows without it. And um, I was telling myself, well, these characters mutter. (laughs) It's not my fault. It's their fault. They're muttering. Like what do I want them to do? Be operatic. Uh but I was telling myself, uh, you know, it's it's not me, it's it's them. But apparently, um everybody's doing it. Everybody's using it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um and um you know, I don't think you need to wean yourself off of it. I, I to me it enhances the enjoyment of the of the program. Um so people are turning on the captions, and the younger viewers are using them more than the older viewers. Uh, 210-599-5555. We're going to see how you voted on that poll question. Uh, Diana's on KTSA. Hi, Diana.
10: Hey. I just wanted to kind of do an addendum to what you said about supporting the family's values when we were growing up. For, let, let's say that one of my parents uh, was not a, a great role model in many ways but watching those movies watching father knows best and leave it to beaver mm. or whatever you saw modeled what yep. a good parent looked like so even if yep. yours wasn't you 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 had something that was a good example of what it should be and that's what you grew up looking for that's even a if great point. at home yeah anyway thanks for your comments i'm it's, it's been inch by inch that, that that we've lost this, and it's sad, and I think it kind of started with things like, um, what was it? Uh, I want to say that the guy that was such a bigot we all laughed at in the 60s, Archie Bunker, that kind of thing where they started just make, tearing down dads and making them all look fools and stupid and foolish. And well, you know, that's a just, you
2: said a lot right there. There's a whole another conversation you could have about how parents are per- – portrayed more and more as idiots um sitcoms and in movies but but to your point about showing you how things can be if that's not how they are where you are is a great great point diana thank you for making that i i mentioned the other day when we were talking about the actor tony dow who played uh beaver's older brother wally on leave it to beaver now that that show was before my time I came along, it was in reruns, so we saw it, but I wasn't seeing it as a first run show. When we would watch that show, I didn't realize this at the time, I realized it many, many, many years later. That's how I learned how to be an older brother. Because how do you learn to be an older brother? If you're the oldest in your family like I was, you don't have anybody to model that on. And you don't model it on your dad or your mom because they're not siblings. I realized when I looked back that Tony Dow's character gave me some insights into how I was to take care of and and the kind of you know joshing but protective thing you do with a younger brother. I'm not saying I was him or I was good at it, I probably wasn't, but I asked you on the JR poll today do you uh watch do you usually watch shows with or without captioning? I was glad to find out I'm not the only one doing this. I, I to me using the captioning always felt a little bit like I was you know parking in a handicapped spot that I didn't have a right to be in I, I know it's not the same because you're not using it up or taking somebody else's captioning but I, I I was always like why do I do this I really shouldn't need it but I sort of do better with it and it turns out that the the majority of people watching television are now if captions are available they're using them. And that's what we found on our poll tonight. We asked you uh, the question. 54% say they usually watch with captions. 46% usually watch without. Uh, I mentioned this uh, earlier, and I'm not trying to be coy, but um, we do have, and we will soon have more to say about it, we are very happy to announce that wrapping with Jack this year the campaign we do for Family Service Association will include at its conclusion in early December, uh, an event where you'll be invited to come, bring presents, wrap presents, listen to Ken Slavin and his band, sing Christmas songs. So the way we've always done it until the pandemic, we are going to be able to do it again. We'll be at a new location that we've never been at before and we'll be finalizing that and announcing that soon. And you can always follow Rappin' with Jack on Facebook. It has its own page. And we post updates there, but I'll also keep you posted here uh, on the radio. So um, very excited about that. We we are currently, what's currently our focus is the Raul Jimenez Radiothon. You can give to that right now. You don't have to wait for Radiothon Friday. You can give right now at KTSA.com, and I hope you will. As, and And then once that is in the books... We'll be focusing uh, a lot on Family Service Association and helping these families, and I know you'll come through because you do every year, and we appreciate it. I never take it for granted. I always say we start with zero dollars, uh, but we always get there, and I know you're going to help us get there this year. And then when we get there, we'll get to have the the part that, let's be honest, feels right, feels like now it's Christmas season, uh, the big rap event, and we'll tell you more about it as we get closer. By the way, speaking of the website, KTSA.com, if you miss a show, if you missed part of this show, if you find it's easier to listen in the morning or listen on weekends or later on at night, there are full episode podcasts of our show available. usually takes a couple of hours for the current show to populate to the website, but if you want to see whole or listen to whole Show episodes, go to the on demand page at ktsa.com. It's right up at the top. Pull down the on demand tab at ktsa.com. See you back here live at four tomorrow. We'll have the dish at six.